there's rampant open drug use. There are multiple overdoses on, on their doorstep daily. Um, there, it, it has become menacing. There are you know, drug dealers. It's not safe for the community. Is it really helping the community uh, more than it's hurting? And I think everyone in the community knows the answer to that question. That is the voice of Derek Finkel, who joined me Tuesday. He lives right beside this safe injection site where Caroline Hubner Makarat was ultimately shot and killed. And Leslie residents, Leslieville residents, were open to this site only to see it then become a festering danger zone with drug use, violence, crime, and now murder with drug dealers and organized crime fighting over turf and uh, exploiting a system that doesn't seem to have a lot of oversight. Now we learn with absolutely zero surprise that one of the three suspects is very well known to uh, police on bail at the time. And just like the accused TTC stabber, just like the man who, who's accused of stabbing and killing 16-year-old Gabrielle Magalhães, you know, when does it stop? And then on hearing Catherine McDonald reveal this, uh, the Premier gave me a call. He joins us now. Good to have you, Premier. Great to be on with you, Alex. I don't have a ton of time today, so I want to kind of focus in on, on this uh, particular area because I, I think people really want answers. Um, you know, th this community, and we'll, we'll get to the bail in just a second. I mean, the Leslieville community did not, you know, they warned just a couple of weeks ago that someone was going to get killed. And then three days later, this mother was killed. Um, you know, how is this compassion? Yeah, no, for, first of all, my prayers and, and thoughts go out to the victim's family, and, and it's just heartbreaking. You know, this, these two young kids now don't don't have a mother. It's it's a, a tragedy, and we'll do everything we can to prevent this from from happening again. And you know, if, you, if we, we can, if you want to talk about you know Bill C forty eight, or if you want, I can address the consumption and treatment services and. Uh, you you tell me which way you want to go on this one. Yeah, well, there, there, there's a number of issues feeding into each other right now. And, and, you know, a lot of people use the term wrong place, wrong time. But this mother mm -hmm. was exactly where she should be. She's a law-abiding citizen going to get a smoothie. It's Damien Hudson, yeah. who's got a crime sheet longer than my career, and yet constantly repeat, you know, violations and getting out on, on bail. And, and so here we are with a, a yet another completely preventable killing. Yeah, well, Alex, this was, this is in front of the court, so I got to be careful what I say. But I will tell you uh, what we've done on on bail reform. And uh, at the end of the day, the, the federal government they they have to follow through on the, on the federal criminal code. They're the ones that uh, make the criminal code, and uh, they need to have uh, reform, and we need it now. So back, I'll just give you a little backstory. In, in May, um, after we've seen our police officers in our province assassinated and killed and they were assassinated mm -hmm. ambushed uh the i called every single premier personally uh and when you when you talk to 12 other premiers you can't get things passed for a month or two months they instantly all agreed to write a letter they're, they're seeing this happen right across right across our, our country and so the premiers wrote a letter a letter to the the federal government to the, the minister and what, what was frustrating about this, um, this is the highest priority to save lives, not just police officers' lives, but civilians as well. And it didn't pass before the, the summer break. Mm -hmm. That was very, very disappointing. This, was a, this should have been a priority for the, the federal government. 
Uh, Absolutely. But, but let me step time. in because it wasn't just yeah. the premiers. It was also the police chiefs. It was police, also yeah. the police oh, yeah. association. Police and we, right across the country. And so, right. And we, so Mr. Lametti, I mean, they went on summer break. I mean, this did get yeah. to a reading. I think it got to second reading. Uh, right. They go on summer break. So they're not that seized with it. Have you been in touch with either Mar Marco Mendicino or David Lametti? Have they said anything? Yes. Uh, Minister Mendicino, I, I voiced our concerns. I told them it's how to get past. So we, we, we need the federal government to do everything uh, possible to get this legislation passed. And we can't wait. We need we need it passed now. And I always say, how many more innocent people have to die before the justice system starts taking this seriously? You know, enough is enough. And uh, or so what, what we did, what we could do under the province uh, earlier this year, we, we stepped up with about $112 million in, in new funding mm -hmm. uh, to strengthen our, our bail enforcement system. And so the, the, the funding supports new technology and establishes violent crime bail teams, expands the Ontario Provincial Police repeat offender parole enforcement squad, and it provides prosecutors with the resources they, they need to conduct uh, complex bail hearings. But what, what frustrates me is you see these repeat offenders and they get a slap on the wrist. Either mm -hmm. the JP's uh, Justice of the Peace are letting them out on bail after numerous offenses, or if they keep them in, a, a judge can come and overrule the JP and let them back on the streets. Like, this, this, right. this is ridiculous. Well, it is ridiculous, uh, but there's no accountability. There's no transparency. And in the courts, you know, justice uh, seen is justice done. If it's not seen, then it's denied. Uh, you know, but these judges, these JPs, they don't answer to anybody. So they yeah. do get out. But, you know, people will say, we don't have enough of jails. So are, are the feds and provincial governments going to build jails? Um, we don't have carding. We've got people walking around with weapons of guns, knives, machetes. Um, axes, you know, they take them on the TTC, and we have no way to do anything premeditated, but, you know, to get ahead of this. You know, with, with the jails, I, I can assure you, I'll build jails, jails all day long, um, but we need to change the criminal code. It, well, we mm -hmm. have room in our we have room in our jails, but it's, it's separated. So under two years, it's uh, provincial jails. Any serious crime is a federal conviction. And, uh, you know, we need to put these guys guys away. And that, that's the, the frustrating thing. Watching these criminals, and full disclosure, um, I'm, I'm a massive supporter of the police. And even before, uh, you know, I have three son-in-laws that are police officers. But even before that, um, I, I believe in supporting the community through law enforcement. I'll give you one, one stat. When Rob was mayor and we were down there, compared to today, we had 540 more officers under Rob's administration than we have now. They cut 540 police officers. That, that's massive in, in a city our size. Just imagine if we had police officers in these communities constantly. Uh, we can avoid some of the, what, what has happened. So well, we, we, well, we don't. And the reality is we don't have a mayor that's going to, to bring them in. And, and so we've got to work with what we have. One of the issues, certainly with these safe injection sites, um, is that the police have been told basically, and I, I got a, a note the other day from the police, and we've been told to stay away. So they're not even really allowed to police where they know policing is needed. So, if, you know, that's safe injection sites, let's say, are, are, are known to bring, you know, criminals into the area. Cops can't go in and do their job. But, you know, there's no oversight on these things. You know, Derek, who I'm talking to from the community, raises, I think, some simple issues and, and, and issues that we have been talking about on the show. How is it that you can't put a pot shop 
into an area around daycares and schools, which are just meters away, and yet people are getting heroin and fentanyl. Catherine McDonald spoke with a mother whose child found a bag of fentanyl on the ground, and, and it looks like candy. So I don't understand how any of this even came to be, given all the warning signs were there. Yeah, so let, let me just talk about the consumption treatment services. So applications are, are uh, subject to rigorous screening, right? There's a process, including the evidence of, of community support. And uh, we just don't, uh, the province just doesn't come up and say, okay, let's put it here. Um, they they go out to the community. And at the beginning, some communities are, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, bang, it hits in their community and they see see the problems. So what we do is we, we get the engagement and uh, liaison plan, which which also outlines how many community concerns will be addressed on an ongoing basis. So if any any uh, site is in violation of these rules, we'll be looking into it. And I can tell you right now, I have directed our team. Well, clearly they are. This. Yeah, absolutely. And I've directed our team to look into uh, this site and to make sure they're in compliance. If they aren't in compliance, that's it. They're, they're done. What, How come? I believe, what I believe, Alex, is these people need to go to a treatment center. You, you, you know, Putting a, a safe injection site into a community, what does it attract? It attracts drug dealers. It's unacceptable. Right. And well, it we, should be. We believe in but, but, building, yeah. you know, sending these uh, drug addicts to a treatment center. So we're going to look. But they don't exist. Well, there there are some, and we need to build more uh, because it is expensive. Privately, yes, you can go into places, but it does cost a lot. But we we need to make sure that there's more beds for for treatment with these uh, drug addicts. So that that's what we're doing. We're going to go full steam on this, and I'll be able to come back on after we review this and and tell you exactly what we're going to be doing. And I'm, okay, sure we're gonna I, have I only have a, I'm sure we're going to yeah. get kickback from the city of Toronto because really under this, they, they're responsible to make sure that uh, they're within compliance. They're checking on it frequently. Uh, just imagine if someone puts this in your backyard. It's unacceptable. Oh, I'm sure it's coming. Well, that's that's a concern, Mr. Ford, is that they're expanding. But the thing is, they expand as soon as you bring one in, and they expands, and the drug use, you know, builds tent cities. It's led to a lot of crime. I don't see it as compassionate at all. But there are three levels of government really that have their hands in it. You know, the city's got its role, the the, the province, and and I think it was you uh, as well as Christine Elliott who who allowed these things to take. But it is federal jurisdiction. <laughs> Carolyn Bennett has said there's evidence that this works, but no one is. You know, no one's dealing with the actual threats, right? And if police aren't policing these things because they're being told to stay away, like, would you mandate police to be put in these put put out front of these things? So, for, first of all, just back up a little bit. This this site was put in under the Liberal government in 2017. Yeah. We have to monitor it. I have asked our team to go in there and make sure they're in compliance. And if they aren't in compliance, they're they're gone. If the community doesn't want it, uh, then then it shouldn't be there. But we we did not put that that site. In and uh, what's happening is is unacceptable. I'll, I'll tell you, we are going to be all over this, and uh, we'll be out there talking to the community. And I hear the community. I just heard your last caller. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I hear his frustration. So if they aren't in compliance, then they they have to uh, move on. But when that happens, everyone's going to be shouting and screaming. The you know the the, uh, the far left. They're going to be shouting and screaming, saying you don't care about these people. No, I do care about the community, number one. 
I care about someone that has a is addicted to drugs that they need to go get proper treatment. That's what I believe. You know, Toronto Health is about to decriminalize hard drugs. They've got a application with the federal government to go to the BC Go 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 out to Vancouver. Right. Go out to San oh, Francisco, I, I, and I will do everything I can to uh, fight this. Again, this goes up to the federal government. Uh, they they cannot. Uh, be following up with a request of, of Toronto will be an absolute disaster for our, our city. Just given the um, given the amount of weaponry and major crime, you know, homicides might be down, but you can't be sure that the person beside you on the, on the TTC doesn't have some kind of weapon. Would you bring back carding? Well, that, that's a discussion. Because it seems clear that, that a lot of people seem to feel free to walk around. I mean, everyone, yeah, people, a that. lot of people are carrying weapons right now. That was abused to a certain point too. You know, there's other there's other ways of uh, making sure we stop crime and than doing that. And uh, we're going to sit down and we'll be reviewing everything. But we need cooperation from the federal government. But we need cooperation from the municipality. You, you, they, they can't be a bunch of bleeding hearts and saying, "Oh, well, you know, you're going to save this person." But no, how about saving the community? How about taking care of the people that live there? How about taking care of the kids that go to the parks and they're finding needles and they're finding drugs? Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. It's, yes. it's unacceptable. I'm going to deal with it, I promise you. Yeah, I just had to explain to my 10-year-old why a half-naked woman was putting a needle in her foot. And that, and, and that is the reality of life, but this is what parents and, and kids are being exposed to. When they just want to live life. Just one more question, because I know that you're meeting and speaking of taking care of people, the refugee crisis. I know you're going to be speaking with Miss Chow today, well as well as the Prime Minister. This is federal jurisdiction. They talk about settling these people. They're now living all over the streets. They are taking up shelter space. They can't get work permits. They owe the city of Toronto hundreds of millions of dollars. Chow wants money from the feds and the province. Um, We've got lots of municipalities also saying, yeah. So what's going to happen? Well, the federal government knows us hundreds of millions of dollars they owe the municipality. This, this is where we stand, you know, together, uh, both myself and the mayor, forget about the political stripes. The federal government has to step up and very, very simple solution. We, we, we have 380,000 jobs available in this, uh, in this province. They need to get working permits. That's the problem. These, these folks yep. are coming here for a better life. They're stuck in a hotel in, in my riding and other ridings. I talked to the premier of Quebec they loaded up a bus out of Quebec and sent them down to Niagara Falls. Mm-hmm. Look, that's fine. Mm-hmm. We need people, but we need to get them working permits immediately. The federal government should set up an office right in the basement of these hotels, start giving them uh, working permits until they can go out and find gainful employment. Then they'll find it very quickly and get established and, and, and give back to the community. They want to work. They don't want to come here yeah. and not work. They want to work. But they're stuck. Imagine being stuck in a hotel, wanting to work, and you can't work. So I'm yeah, all over the It's been like years. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, okay, it's, and what about housing, though? Because, again, we have such a crisis with this. Are there no buildings that we can open up provincially that are not being used that we could somehow retrofit for a short term to get people off the well, streets? I, this, this is where I go back about the housing crisis, not not just for new immigrants. By, by the way, we saw 504,000 people show up into Ontario the fastest growing region in North America, Barnhun, and that's why we passed this housing bill. We we can't take three to four to five years uh, for the city to to issue a permit. 
What we need to do is get these permits issued within six months, and we need to continue building. We're going to build that 1.5 million homes because the growth is unprecedented in North America that we're seeing. And just to give you a quick stat, you know, you talk to the governor in Texas and Florida, and they're always saying we're the fastest growing states with 1,000 people a day moving into our state. That's 365,000 people a year in, in two massive states we're 500,000. We are by far the fastest growing area. We need housing. We need to cut the red tape and all the nonsense. We need, you know, around the transit stations, transit-oriented communities. We need to build density. Uh, growth is a good thing, but we need to have the infrastructure. We need to have the housing, and that's why we're passing all these housing bills to speed up the process. All right. Now, I've been way over time, so I'm sure your office is uh, likely uh, about to strangle me. So, look, I appreciate your time on this, Premier. I will follow up. I will nag you and bug you, and I hope we can uh, uh, somehow get this right. You and I, we have the same values, and uh, we're going to be all over this consumption site, and just stay tuned. Oh, I will. Premier, thank you very much. Thanks, Alex. Thank you. You take care. Bye-bye. You as well. That is Premier Doug Ford. I took a lot more time than I was supposed to, but I really wanted to get some clarification because we have seen a lot of finger pointing on this, but at least we're having a conversation about this. And I finally feel like now we all realize there is no oversight with these drug sites. Not enough. There's no accountability. And the criminal element is being ignored. If we can at least get that changed, we're moving in the right direction.